5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Five o'clock, 94.3 The Game, Patrick Johnson Show. P-Man here, Ben Byram producing. That was a clash of styles there, wasn't it? We we appeal to a variety of different (laughs) demographics here. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. We're very diverse. One needs to... One needs to, to sort of be, uh, you know, be want to strive to be is what I'm trying to say. The McDonald's or Walmart of all of this and not just broadcast to a vocal uh, or even kind of slightly uh, off kilter uh, minority um, of, of conspiracy, black helicopter types. We're not a you know, niche. Is that, is that a niche? Well, niche is appropriate. And I, but I no, I mean that we try to be a broad appeal, and our numbers reflect broad appeal. Um, that's one of the great untold stories. But I mean, we just we don't have time each day to delve into that. And, I mean, it's it's the truth. Uh, we have uh, the pirates in pads, a couple of ECU alums uh, who are doing some big things. Going to be on with us here, including uh, one that came through these hallowed halls of. Uh, Interbanks Media, 94.3 The Game. And what else do we have? We have, uh, oh, your boy, Gardner Minshew. Uncle Rico. He, uh, it, it's it's kind of that Chuck Norris thing. The coronavirus is afraid of him. Uh, so we promised to bring you that audio, some Mike Houston audio and a pirate report, some stuff we had not gotten to from the last few days. Uh, first, let us just, uh, before we get into this, we're gonna, we got some Panthers audio, some Teddy Bridgewater stuff we're going to play ahead of Antoine Staley uh, from the Riot Report joining us. A little later on, John Jansen, who's got his own show now in Philly. Uh, our, our thoughts are certainly with, and prayers are certainly with the folks in Bertie County. A uh, mobile home park there was uh, obliterated by a tornado last night. And so the folks in Windsor and Bertie County, and I know, Ben, you have uh, some folks and family near there, but folks you know from there. That's home. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, we're we're uh, certainly praying for those people. That, that just the, the images of what happened there today or last night and seeing those images today were, uh, were jaw-dropping. And I mean... Uh, Having done this for a quarter century, having done uh, news for a good part of that, uh, I've seen some some terrible things, and, and then th- that was just tough to watch uh, today. Uh, Matt Engelbrecht had reported, and I guess WITN is claiming this report, that a couple of uh, people who had been, uh, a couple of the kids who had been missing were found alive. And uh, if that doesn't, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little lumped up and choked up thinking about that, that's... 
uh, remarkable. Um, so that's great. Uh, two people unfortunately died, and I, I just tell you what is tough when you have the, the you know the, the mother nature and the the tornadoes. And I don't know if you saw the images or not, Ben, but yeah, I think there was something like 15, 12 to sixteen uh, mobile homes in this trailer park, trailer court, and there were some one or two that were just totally unscathed. And uh, that's that's just remarkable. Uh, tremendous damage at Oak Island, uh, where this uh, storm came on, and then uh, Southport. Uh, with some damage, uh, Ocean Isle, where the uh, hurricane came on, suffering some terrible uh, devastation as well. Uh, happy to report, and, and selfishly so, that uh, the Casa de Johnson at the, the Working Man's Beach got through it, it appears. And uh, all is good there, and, and several others. So, boy, it just uh, it does break your heart, though, a little bit uh, to see what happened uh, today or overnight uh, in, uh, in Bertie County. Um, but by and large, this was, uh, a fast moving storm. It is actually still packing as it's up around Albany, New York. Now it's packing a, a wind of 65 miles an hour still. So the winds have not really died down and there's been some incredible devastation, uh, today in, uh, Maryland, Philadelphia, uh, parts of that part of the country. So uh, let's get to some happier. Uh, I, I do want to give one other thing. A, a shout out too to David Sawyer. He was, uh, how great was he Friday, Ben, and, and yesterday? Any question you had, he could answer it in great and did detail. He, and did he not spot on uh, lay out what was going to happen in many ways? Perfectly. From the track to what, it, what it, I mean, so I wrote uh, him a nice note today and uh, it's such a good guy. The coach, right? And, the coach, coach, coach Podge, coach Sawyer. Uh, and you know, he was, when his kid was playing offensive line at Rose, he was involved with the, the program there. He was, you know, he would lead him in prayer before the games and, uh, afterwards and, uh, great guy. But, uh, and, and I'll say this, and, and, you know, I think in some ways it's popular to, to bag on that station, but as I understand it, um, they were up all night. Channel nine was. With their with a meteorologist on, when that was happening, and uh, you know, God bless them for doing that. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, talk about the uh, Panthers a little bit. We'll have Antoine Staley on it a few minutes. It, it, we'll save the pirate report for later. Expense here, as you could tell on the Patrick Johnson show. So here is uh, our our Panther report here. It's a beautiful no, sound. No expense spared. That actually did sound very good. That's the official Panther growl, correct? Came straight from their people. Yeah. Well, as the as the uh, sister station to the flagship or the, the uh, affiliate in the East for the Panthers, that's a that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, so the big story, and we're going to have Antoine talk about this, but we'll, we'll hear it from Teddy Bridgewater's mouth. Uh, they, they held uh, kind of these Skype press conferences. And, of course, what's the first thing, Ben, that you think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be asked about? Scam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton. <laughs> Actually, no, it was the seventh thing. Uh, he was first asked, was he excited to be back playing? Cut one. Hey, um, it's an exciting time right now. Get things rolling. It's great to see that um, the guys have arrived, shown up in good spirits. 
uh, during this tough time. Uh, we're praying that everyone's family is doing safe and, and doing well and staying safe during this time. Excited to get back to work. Excited for you know what's in store for us. And you know, we look forward to just continuing to lay a foundation brick by brick and uh, get this thing rolling. So I, I gave away that the second thing he was asked was not about Cam Newton, but this sort of was a Cam Newton-ish question, right, Ben? I mean, would you agree with this? this I would was, say so. This was the ease into Cam Newton question here. Uh, the question, do you feel like the guys have rallied around you as a leader yet? Yeah, it definitely does. And um, I credit that to uh, Mr. Tapper, uh, Marty, Coach Rule, and, and the coaching staff here. Um, they made this transition a smooth one. And uh, they told me from the jump that, hey, this is your team, and the guys will go as I go. And uh, just being around the guys a couple of days already, uh, you see them you know, feeding off my energy, and I'm feeding off their energy. So uh, you know, it definitely feels like my team. Okay. So here's the Cam Newton question. And this was Teddy Bridgewater answering the Cam Newton question. Here we go. You know, with Cam, it was one of those situations, you know, I understand as a player, you're a competitor. You want to get back out there and, and get that opportunity to show, you know, that you, you're still this elite guy. And, um, you know, he's done some great things. He's obviously one of the best players to ever play for this franchise. And everyone around here respects him. Uh, they speak highly of him. And uh, I'm just honored to be, you know, following in, you know, the position that he left behind, um, get the opportunity to just continue to resume my career. And and that's the th- I think Teddy Bridgewater sounds like someone who obviously is very, uh, as he said, appreciative of the fact that uh, he had to kind of fight his way back, right? And there's a cut on that that we'll hopefully get to in, in a bit. But uh, he comes in not taking anything for granted, not saying that Cam Newton did. But it, it is a kind of a distinctly different personality, one that's perhaps a little humble, one that is uh, keeping his head down and doing his work. Now, a, a few questions after that, and, and I'll say this too, Ben, and we talked about this before we went on. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, Bridgewater asked, answered Cam Newton questions better than Matt Rule has at any point in his tenure as the head coach. But yeah, Matt Rule would just not answer the question. He would just stutter the whole time and not answer it. Kind of nervously talk around it, but it's uh, like, he doesn't know how to go about it. I mean, you got to address the situation and there's a way to do it the correct and, way. And, and, and this is some, way. and this is someone who took over a heinous situation at Baylor. So, um, you would think he'd be able to, to talk about something as simple as Cam Newton, you know, the franchise quarterback. Uh, and I get, there's a part of that. He couldn't, but but Teddy Bridgewater did a fine job. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was asked the the penultimate penultimate question. I'm having a hard time talking today uh, of this uh, Q and A about how he is approaching following in Cam Newton's footsteps. Uh, I approach it the same way I approached uh, my situation last year. Uh, one of the biggest problems I had my first year in New Orleans was I wanted to be like Drew. I had to do everything Drew did in order to have success like Drew. But eventually I learned that Drew Brees was Drew Brees. I'm Teddy Bridgewater. I'm coming into the situation. Cam Newton was Cam Newton. I'm still Teddy Bridgewater. So I can't go out there and try to be something that I'm not. You know, I play the game the way I play it. I carry myself the way I carry myself. And, you know, I'm going to live and die by that. I mean, again, he answered those questions better than 
Matt Rule or anybody else for that franchise has. Uh, here's the key to Teddy Bridgewater. He was asked about his health, and is he 100% healthy? Uh, play this one, Ben. It's cut 10. You know, um, one thing I can say, ever since I got off the, the PUP list when I was in Minnesota, I haven't had an injury. I haven't missed a practice, a game. <laughs> so I'm 100% healthy. Uh, and I think that's going to be the thing that Teddy Bridgewater, because this offense is set up to have some success. Wouldn't you agree, Ben? I mean, they, they we said this before, and I firmly believe this. There might be, at least as far as uh, options, more depth on this offense than at any point when Cam Newton was the quarterback. I'm not saying there's there's playmakers like Cam had in instances, but as far as just overall quality uh, receivers, the quality of the skill players, this might be, on paper at least, one of the better groups that the Panthers have ever had. I tend to agree. You just look at the number one and the number two wide receiver spots. You got Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Those are fringe pro bowlers right there. That's more than Cam Newton's ever had with his senior Panthers. Speaking of DJ Moore, somebody went at DJ Moore during this Q&A, didn't they? They did. They got very aggressive with him. <laughs> Almost angry you, with him, like he was on his do, fantasy team and let him down. <laughs> do you have the question or just the answer here? I only got the answer, but I, I think okay. I can get the question. Well, no, that's fine if you can't. I, I'll let you explain the question then, because uh, you really, I, I don't think I comprehended the question or uh, viewed the question quite like you did. So I'll let you, in your tone, ask the question how it was asked of, of DJ Moore, how you interpreted this, uh, as you put it, aggressive tone. Okay, so some guy very angrily <laughs> Very aggressive. What's it going to take for you be, to be a number one receiver in the NFL? Almost like his Hulk Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior or something. So settle down. Get a manhandle of DJ Moore here. This is what he had to say. What's it going to take? Uh, hard work and dedication. And then just doing what I have personally, what I set out for myself to do. So that's all it is. And we got to win more games to even get people to even notice us. From me to, well, C-Mac is already known, but, you know, he still want to be better. Curtis, Robbie, Teddy, everybody want to make a name for himself. So anything that can help do that. I think at this point I need to hear the question. But, I mean, the legitimacy of the question is, um, I don't know if I'd have worded it quite like that. I get where he's, what he's trying to say, but I, I think I you worded what, it very yeah. poorly. And I don't want to bag on media here, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I think he's proven he is legitimate, right? Without a doubt, without a, I, yeah, it could have been argued he could have probably been a Pro Bowler last year. You know, I think the what what he's trying to say is how do you get to that be, that consideration of being an upper echelon type receiver, right? That might have been the way. I got the uh, question. We, yeah. Okay. Well, let's hear it. I I, I do want to hear this, and I'm not I, look. I'm not coming down on you for your interpretation, but I, I do want to hear how this question was asked. Hey, DJ, JB Ricks from uh, Spectrum News. Uh, quick question for you. What's it going to take for you to be a number one wide receiver in the NFL? Uh, that's, like our guy that. J 
That's our guy, J.B. Ricks. I thought that was fine. No, 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 no. I love J.B. Ricks. I think the way it was worded in his tone, it came off as a little confrontational there. But that's just me. No, I, I'm from this generation that's labeled soft, so maybe. <laughs> uh, I would have been a little bit offended if he asked that question to me. I'm, I think J.B. was fine. That was a fine question. I love J.B. Is that a challenge, J.B.? You, don't pig me in fantasy then. <laughs> JB may have taken him in fantasy and got a little. JB's a great guy. JB is a great guy, though. JB was on uh, one of the Mike Houston, uh, the one the other day or yesterday. No, I, I, I admire, I admire, I admire the guts there. Well, he's also, uh, I believe he's based in Raleigh, but he's also, you know, that, that's he's with the Spectrum, which is the, we don't get the Spectrum here in the cable outlier, but it's like a statewide. Uh, news network that they air a statewide sportscast on. So they do it, you know, it's a little more aggressive, maybe. Um, all right. I want to hit the, the more impressions of Teddy Bridgewater to kind of wrap this up in our Panthers report here. Uh, and what were uh, his impressions of uh, Teddy Bridgewater? We're speaking of DJ Moore here, the Panthers uh, receiver, who, uh, who was asked harshly, according to Ben, by my guy, JB. Uh, if, uh, if he could be a number one receiver, here's what, uh, DJ Moore had to say about his impressions of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy is a cool dude. Um, right now I, I feel like everybody gathering to him, like he got a real like friendly personality. So it's like rubbing off on everybody. So that's the best thing right now. Uh, how you fit in Joe Brady offense right now, we're still learning it uh, all together. So we just going to take it one by one day at a time to get better and better. If they learn the offense, it sounds like he has a lot of respect for uh, Bridgewater, which is good. Bridgewater's temperament, I think, is is perfect to be the guy coming in to replace Cam Newton. Do you agree with that? It seems like it anyway. I think if you were a teammate of, of Teddy Bridgewater's, you would want to rally around him. He's the guy you want right. to see win and you want to play your best for. But now, with that said, no one ever... You never heard anything out of the locker room complaining about Cam, even in the post-Cam era. No. I... I you, you never, you rarely saw that. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit surprising, but you, well, no, you didn't I don't. See they, it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got to get a break. Uh, Antoine Staley, ECU alum with a riotreport.com on this and uh, some more Panthers news. And uh, John Jansen's going to dial us up from Philly. Uh, he, uh, 90, also an ECU alum, 94 3 the game alum as well. He's now hosting a uh, sports show on uh, Fox Sports The Gambler with our guy Sean Brace uh, as his lead-in, evenings in Philadelphia. So uh, all of that still to come. A pirate report. Uh, we'll get some Gardner Minshew audio. Uh, a big remaining uh, several minutes here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay with us. This is where the Pirates play. 94.3 The Game. Your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. One, two, three, it's the phone. Big day uh, here with uh, the young guys that are making their name in the business that are ECU alums. John Jansen from uh, Philly Sports Radio and The Gambler on Fox Radio up in Philly in a little bit. He's got his own show at night. And a guy who has uh, covered the NFL for a number of years. We're proud to call him a friend here. 
uh, repping the 336. Uh, it is Antoine Staley from the Riot Report. Antoine, great to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. It's nice to have you on with us, as it uh, always is. We just played uh, some of those Teddy Bridgewater cuts, and I, I'm anxious to get your uh, thoughts on this. But it, it seems to me that Teddy Bridgewater has done quite a lot to uh, ingratiate himself with his teammates. Uh, in other words, it seems like he, they, they have his respect, but they also like him. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. Well, they feel like um, I know DJ Moore was today, and he actually said that the players are really gravitating towards Teddy. They feel like he's a leader. Uh, they felt he kind of organized their whole meetings that they had this off season before uh, doing the COVID ordeal, where where they couldn't meet at the facility. But yeah, they, the players seem like they really like him. Obviously, the coaches really like him. Joe Brady. That's his guy. Uh, Teddy talked highly about him yesterday in the press conference. And everybody has nothing but good things to say about him, uh, about how great of a leader he is and also about his football IQ. So everything so far has been glowing reviews for Teddy Bridgewater. And I, I thought he handled uh, the Cam Newton questions about as well as anybody affiliated with that organization has handled the Cam Newton questions in the last uh, six to nine months. Yeah, uh, well – I think Panthers fans have kind of been hard on him because he's the guy that's following Cam Newton. And Cam is sure. a guy that I think a lot of people really loved in the area, both North and South Carolina, just based on not only the things that he did on the field, but also the things that he did off the field as well. So, I mean, he's put in a tough position as well. And so I don't think Teddy's done anything to warrant some of the backlash. It's just the fact that people were angry by the fact that the way Cam Newton got released. And I kept saying to people yesterday, uh, I don't think it would have been a good way to release Cam Newton by any circumstances, to be completely honest, which is just the fact that um, Cam Newton had one year left on his contract. Some people thought he deserved to have that play out. Uh, obviously, you have a new regime coming there. You had a new owner, uh, newer owner, David Tepper, who has seen nothing but Cam Newton being injured the last couple of years. So you're going to want your own new people in there. And that's just the reality of business and reality of business in the NFL. You know, we just, uh, Antoine Staley, by the way, the riotreport.com is with us. Always great to catch up uh, with Antoine covering the Panthers. Uh, we, we've, we may have even discuss this with you at some point, uh, earlier in the summer, but you could make the argument that the options that Bridgewater has on offense, uh, maybe are, are, are deeper. There's a wider breadth of options than Cam Newton had at any point in his nine years. Yeah, I think so because the Panthers had done a, they tried to get Cam Newton some help and they did, but it's just the fact that Cam, uh, couldn't stay healthy the last couple of years. And I think that's kind of the reality of what happened. But yeah, you look at this roster, uh, adding Robbie Anderson to Curtis Samuel and obviously DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, we know how great of a running back and playmaker he is. Uh, the biggest question is really the offensive line for the Panthers. Can they protect Teddy Bridgewater on a consistent basis so he can throw the football down the field and make plays? But you look at it as far as playmakers and skill positions, I think this is as good as the Panthers have had in quite some time, to be completely honest. And I th definitely think their offense is I, – I, I have a prediction, and I think they can be a top-10 offense this year. I really do. Some people kind of look at me crazy, but I, I think they're going to be that good. 
I, yeah, I don't dispute that they could be, especially if they pick up what uh, Joe Brady's installing uh, an upper half of the league uh, for sure. Uh, the defense is where the issue is going to be. And, and you know, look, uh, Jordan Mack, uh, Christian Miller, both uh, opting not to play. That's certainly their prerogative. Uh, but as, uh, just talking football here, the Miller decision hurts an already kind of uh, limited defense in, in a big way, I, I kind of fear for the Panthers. Yeah, it helps so from a depth perspective because you have a guy, a pass rusher, that not only one can also play special teams, but two, uh, also it showed the ability to play uh, on downs and he can play both linebacker and the rush in spot as well. So that definitely hurts them in regards to uh, depth, especially a team that has a lot of questions defensively. But I figure if you're going to lose a, a player, that's that's probably the place you want to do it. Even though sure, you know, yeah, it always yeah. hurts the uh, the defensive line. But they do have some players there that I definitely think can fill in. There, you talk about Brian Burns, who I definitely think is a bona fide star. In the limited amount of time that he played last year, he had seven and a half sacks. So just imagine what he can do uh, full time if he can stay healthy for a full sixteen game schedule. There, you add on the Derrick Brown, also get uh, KK Short back as well. No front, I definitely think, is uh, going to be fine. I just definitely think beyond that with the linebacking core and especially the secondary, that's where the mm-hmm. big questions lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's been some questions that Panthers secondary, um, even in, in some of the better years, and uh, guys have had you know career years uh, at times So, uh, and stepped up in, in certain cases. So we'll see. Uh, Antoine Staley with us here. Uh, is it, Friday's the date for any player that wants to opt out that's kind of the deadline date in the NFL, right? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it might have been Thursday, but it might it might be. Friday. Okay, I'm kind of getting messed well, up. Well, point too, it, but yeah, yeah, right. Point is, we we're no more than seventy two hours away from that. Uh, Forty eight to seven. Let's let's well, let's even say it's Thursday. The 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 date is not so much the question as are are you expecting some other guys league wide? I mean, I think the Dolphins had their first. Uh, guy opt out today. Um, you covered the Dolphins for a number of years. What, what are you thinking? Will we see some guys that are maybe on the fence uh, decide to, to not move forward um, in, in a big rash of this, or do you think it, it's still going to be kind of a drip and a trickle like we've seen uh, here, a player here or a player there on a team? I think I think so. I think you'll probably just see uh, maybe a couple players, maybe five players or so do it, because I think now – Players are in the within the facility. They're seeing how they're practicing their safety and social distances uh, measures. And I definitely think uh, once they see that, they kind of puts players at ease. There, yeah, we talked to players uh, from the Panthers about it, and they seem very mm-hmm. happy with some of the things that they're doing. As opposed to some players, they had it, they didn't even want to go into the facility and see what they were doing, which. I figured you had enough time to at least do that before making a decision. I didn't think that really made a whole lot of sense to me. But, again, players have to do what's in the best interest for them. So you have to respect that. But at the same time, um, if you're in it now, if you've been to the facility, I figure the players that haven't opted out are probably just going to stay in and kind of see what happens. And they have confidence in their team that they're going to be they're They're putting the best position to keep their players safe throughout the course of the year. And do you, um, uh, yeah, that's certainly been talked about, I guess, the last couple of days with the uh, players. What What is, uh, that, that's kind of what you're hearing from them, correct? Yeah, uh, they're, they're doing meetings differently. Obviously, um, 
they're kind of meeting position position wise. Uh, the locker rooms are more spread out. They're uh, they're even showering differently than what they did before. This is really um, the second day they've kind of practiced and did walkthroughs uh, before the first week is obviously just them taking tests and try to make sure they were on the up and up and uh, healthy in that regard. And this week it's more walkthroughs kind of traditionally what they get used to doing OTAs and mini camp. And uh, it'll be like that for the next couple of weeks. And then two weeks from now, it'll be more like the wrap up period, getting ready for the regular season, uh, just practicing, getting ready for putting on pads. And that'd be when the media is able to go out and watch them practice. Uh, and then, um, my final thing for you here um, uh, would be Antoine. Are you um, who are who are some guys that are maybe you know on the uh, the bubble or or you know trying to make the team that aren't going to have that preseason those preseason game reps to be able to do so? Um, who are some names you're hearing you know as guys that are trying to get a roster spot one way or the other? I think with the Panthers they're in a unique situation where they had so much roster turnover that right. anybody has yeah. an opportunity. So it's not like um, this is a veteran team that has a lot of established guys. We're talking about about 70 or 80% of their roster is new. So and nobody, nothing's off the cards for anybody. So, and I think that's the beauty of having a new head coach and a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator that they got their own players in there. They wanted to see who can survive at the end of the 53 man cuts and nothing's off the table to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Rock buying the XFL? Reportedly, uh, I think it's a great move. Uh, I'll be interested to see what changes um, potentially from this version than the past two versions of it. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out um, either version. That this one kind of um, more COVID related than the first one, but um, mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see. It's kind of like a. Uh, I used to watch Ballers. Um, so it's kind of like an episode of <laughs> the Ballers where remember he wanted to bring his team at, buy his own team and all of that. Yeah. So he, instead of doing that, he bought his own league. Yeah. I, the season they were going to be in, I watched the first episode and I kind of got off of it then, but I had watched it for the previous two or three. I, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fun show. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was. It, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't a great show, but you know, no. It, no, I don't think anybody expected it to be just an Academy Award winning show. You just kind of <laughs> be entertained by it, and that's kind of the whole point yeah. of it. I think it's cool. He bought the league. Or he and his partners uh, in this venture bought the league. Yeah, his, I, his I, wife. They're able. His wife is in this. Too. Yeah. yeah, she's in a lot of his um, business decisions. Uh, yeah, that's a I, business I, partnership. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, he needs to write, he needs to write a book about that. Cause yeah, I, I mean, he has a great relationship with his ex-wife and has a new wife and a new family. And yeah, he could definitely give a lot of people a lot of different advice about that. Yeah. Hey, good to talk to you, man. I always appreciate the time. All right, you take care. Thank you. All right. There he goes. ECU alum, Antoine Staley. He uh, covers the Panthers for the riot report. Uh, Ben, do you want to, uh, you want to do an update and we'll save the Minshew stuff for uh, next segment with uh, that might be fun with Jansen. What do you think? I'm ready. I think that's the way to go. I'm ready to go. This uh, update. Yeah. Let's do the update. And then John Jansen will be joining us. We'll hear from Gardner Minshew. Some, some interesting cuts from today. Uh, here is Ben Byram right now with an update of what's uh, going on uh, in the world of sports. 
Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. The Big 12 Conference has released their plan for the 2020 football season. The league approved a full non-game conference schedule plus one non-conference game. Meanwhile, the Sun Belt is gunning for a full 12-game schedule to keep the dream alive. They announced that they will begin play on Labor Day weekend. And the NFL projected start a quarterback for the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars and ECU alum Gardner Minshew has been activated off the coronavirus reserve list. Minshew claims that he never contracted the coronavirus and he spent a little, little over a day in quarantine. Another starting quarterback that was also placed on the list is, that is now off is Matthew Stafford. He claims that he also as well never had the virus. Out of baseball, after 13 Cardinals tested positive for COVID-19, a key player for the organization announced that he was one of the many in that group to test positive. Nine-time All-Star catcher Yadier Molina announced on social media that he tested positive, positive despite following league protocol and that he's asymptomatic. The Braves also take a hit in their locker room, this time not due to the virus, this time due to an on due to an on-the-field injury. Braves ace Mike Soroka injured his right Achilles tendon last night in the third inning, pitching against the Mets. It's reported that Soroka will miss the rest of the season. Meanwhile, the NBA, the Suns currently lead the Clippers through three quarters of action, 67 to 60. Devin Booker currently leads the Suns with 17 points, four assists, and three rebounds. Wrapping it up in the NHL later tonight at eight, the Hurricanes look for their series sweep against the New York Rangers. They go for a win number three out of the best of five. Expected to start in the net tonight is Peter Morazic, while all-star defenseman Dougie Hamilton is not expected to return quite yet. Here at 94th of the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barr. More from the P-Man after this quick timeout. Stay tuned for more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Here we go. We're back. Back to the P-Man. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took Oh, that's great, Ben. All right. Uh, at the window. I always, we, you know, we had Antoine on a little bit ago. ECU alum. I don't think we, uh, at least, I didn't have any uh, affiliation with Antoine until he got out professionally, but another ECU alum and another guy who's a, an alum of IBX Media, another one of the great IBX 94.3 The Game success stories, is um, John Jansen. Big time host up now in uh, Philadelphia for Fox Sports Philly, The Gambler. Uh, and we'll tell you how you can listen to John's show. He's got a nightly show now, which I think is uh, brilliant uh, because he could be talking about all the trends and all of uh, the line movement and everything as the games are going on and uh, as they lead up to West Coast games for all of uh, the sports. Uh, John Jansen, welcome back to Greenville. And uh, thank you for doing this, man. I, and, and congratulations to you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's crazy to think that what maybe four years ago I was in Greenville doing JH Rose games with you and listening to <laughs> Cornell Powell running up the sidelines over and over again on teams. Uh, it it really doesn't feel that long ago, and it's it's crazy now to be working in Philadelphia with another IBX alum in Sean Brace. So it's life. Life takes you on crazy turns, and this is absolutely one of them. All right, so you had the first show last night. Yeah, um, yeah. How'd it go? And and kind of give everybody the concept of the of the program. 
went well because uh, it just so happened that the Sixers tipped off the same time that my show went on. So I had to uh, react to what the, the roller coaster is of the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's it's basically just going over live lines, reacting to games, and especially in the NBA when games go to halftime and you're looking on maybe a bet to bet on at the half, that's that's where you, I come in and you listen to my show and how trends are going, what I'm seeing, what the lines are looking like. So it's just all reaction and all trying to hit the, the live lines and the live spots and trying to see where the movement is. So it's it's something that's never been done in Philly before and not really many radio stations do it, uh, even in the United States. So it's it's something new and something that I think it's, it's going to work pretty well. We got John Jansen with us uh, here. And uh, you can follow John on uh, Twitter at jjansen34 uh, on Twitter is where you could follow uh, him. Uh, Fox Sports Gambler uh, is the uh, is the station out of Philadelphia. Fox Sports Philadelphia, the Gambler, uh, to to give it the appropriate name. And if you want to hear John, uh, the show what is it eight to eleven? Is that right? Yep, eight to eleven. Yep. Call okay. The line change. Fox uh, PHL Gambler Yep. Uh, is uh, where you can pick him up uh, there in uh, Philadelphia. And uh, last night, since we had the storm, John, I was not able to tune in, so I'm going to check that out for a few minutes tonight uh, uh, to listen to, uh, to the program. Uh, you mentioned Sean Brace, who um, the thing I always loved about Sean uh, was his passion and his energy, but the guy works as hard as anyone. And I, and I thought the same. I, I thought you, were, you worked very, very hard and were astute and a student of the game. I think that's... Uh, a great compliment to pay to you because I mean you've uh, you've paid some dues to get to this point. Um, uh, quite obviously, when you moved on from here, you had some some pretty interesting assignments. But uh, I'm thrilled <laughs> that you I'm thrilled that you have kind of gotten this opportunity. Is Sean Brace still kind of the ball of energy that uh, we remember him here, or is have uh, marriage and a child uh, subdued him in any way? No, I don't think, honestly, the way you described him then, I don't think many things have changed. Sean is one, <laughs> I have never, like, you see this in, in maybe, like, TV shows or in movies when they portray radio hosts as these crazy ball of energy guys and, like, hike, hyping themselves up before the show even goes on. Sean Brace is one where he starts yelling into the microphone before he even puts it on before the show. Like, he just starts yelling and yelling and yelling, and then when he finally goes on, he starts the show, but I've never seen somebody do that. Like, I'm sure you don't do that, Patrick Johnson. You know, I don't, where I, I just talk when I turn the mic on, and, you know, I'm just kind of casually going in. No, no, no. Sean likes to just scream and yell 10 seconds before he even turns the mic on for the show, and I have not seen anything like it. So yeah. I feel like the same version of Sean you know is the same one I know. So uh, we've got John Jansen with us. Uh, the line change uh, aptly named on Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler uh, up in Philly. Uh, online, foxphlgambler.iheart.com is where you can go to hear John's show beginning uh, tonight at 8. It goes from 8 until 11. Uh, as you, uh, I mean, for football, this is going to be interesting because you do, you'll do you have the Monday night game and the Thursday night game. I imagine that's that's what this is really designed for is to, to kind of seize on the NFL season. But now having everything kind of back at one time, it's got to be kind of a wild time for you because you've got uh, basketball, as you mentioned. There's the uh, NHL will be obviously keeping an eye on the Canes uh, here in Greenville tonight. But then you've also got baseball going on later in the week. You're going to have golf, which I guess when you're on uh, some of that uh, may not be necessary. Well, it's West Coast, so there's some of that still may be going on. So, I mean, there's a lot of things right now for you to sort of talk about. I, can't, I really couldn't think of a better time. To, to launch it if you're going to launch this program in August. 
Yeah, I, I think for this this program to to kind of see its full potential, we needed to start at a time like this. We actually named Monday Monday Madness because that was the first day during the week where everything was on NHL, NBA, MLB. I mean, all of it. Uh, it was it was really hard to keep track of it to uh, to kind of look at the lines because you have so many things going on at the same time. There are games that are tying up at the same time and teams taking the lead. It was it was crazy to see. And yeah, we're, we're hoping that, uh, especially now with everything going on, all these leagues are going to go later into this season and into the year. But also, yeah, we'll get football and can't forget about American Athletic Conference games on Friday nights if those happen. Yeah. And also yeah. matching on Tuesday nights, you know, all that stuff that you know, usually if it would run, that's the kind of stuff we're looking to hit on, things like that. Um, we, uh, Gardner Minshew, you, you overlapped a little bit of Gardner Minshew with your oh, time, I did. right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I We've did. We've got some Gardner Minshew's comments. We didn't get to him a little earlier. Is it fine with you if we play them now and we get, we all react to them together, you, myself, and, and Ben, are you fine with that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ben, what is the first one? I know I I looked at this earlier, but I don't have it in front of me now because I have John John Jansen's CV has become enormous. By the way, he's got quite the resume now that he's a big star in Philly. So, uh, what do we have as the first uh, cut here from our guy uh, Uncle Rico? So basically, he's just asked why he was placed on the coronavirus reserve list. Okay, is this the simple answer, or is this the kind of uh, uh, spicier answer? All right, let's just play it and see. That was brutal, dude. Like yesterday, it had been like the first day of school, you know, like had my outfit picked out and everything. Had to stay at home. That sucks. Missed out playing with all my friends. Uh, but yeah, you know, did not contract the virus. Uh, it took one luck at me, ran the other way. Uh, it's probably in its best interest. So um, here we are. We're back on Tuesday, ready to roll. Excited to go play some football. Gardner Minshew invoking a little uh, Chuck Norris there, right? Oh, yeah. Gardner Minshew is, I feel like he's very inspired by Chuck Norris. And I don't know where that came from. Because right. if you remember him at ECU, too, I, that was the last year I covered the football team. And that's when I was really uh, deep into I was working in websites, working 94.3 The Game, doing pre- and post-game shows. And I remember Gardner Minshew, and he just never had that kind of flair or swagger no. attitude. No. He was a very quiet kid. And then he went over and found something with Washington State and Mike Leach. Maybe he did watch some uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, or maybe he was just hanging out with Mike Leach a little bit too much. But <laughs> something happened with him, and, and he's just uh, got much more of a swagger now, which is crazy to see. By the way, Mike Leach, I saw, is on Cameo now. I saw him tweet that out <laughs> earlier today. That's so funny. How much, I, I, what would be the over-under on I Mike Leach's Cameo price? All right, I'll look that up while you play uh, this uh, right now. Uh, and this is the second Gardner Minshew cut. Ben, what do we got here? He basically just explains why he was put on the list. What happened is I think we both had the antibodies from staying in Naples. We probably got it down there at the same time, had no symptoms or whatever. Uh, and then... You know, I think he failed a test, but I don't think he has it again. But just since he failed it and I was around him, then uh, I had to sit out too. So it just shows kind of the fragility of this whole thing and how fickle, you know, this thing can be. Just being around somebody, you know, if they touch enough people, like, you, you could shut down a whole team really quick. All right. Um, Gardner Minshew there. I like the first cut. That was my favorite uh, one. So we'll, we'll dice that up a little. All right. Uh, over, under. Uh, I'll go uh, $99 over under for John Jansen of Fox Sports Philadelphia, the gambler on Mike Leach's price for a cameo over no, or I've, under 
So if I'm going to break this down and analyze it, I would say Mike Leach, because he has gone viral a few times, and he's he's known on Twitter a lot. So I think even outside of football, people know who Mike Leach is because of some of the crazy things he said before. So I think people, as a joke, would continue to get him on Cameo, and the more you get people on, the the more the price goes up. So I would say over 99. Okay. Ben, do you say over or under 99? Say under. I say about 40 bucks. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. He has a 4.9 rating, by the way. Is that good? Uh, is, Jan- that, is that like a is that good? I, I, like well, it's like out of rating? five. It's out. Yeah, it's like okay, an right, rating. It's good. out of okay. five. I should have qualified that. Uh, Mike <laughs> Leach uh, is over. You won John Jansen right there. Uh, 150 bones to get a See, cameo if I, from If Mike I Leach. lost that bet, though, I don't know if I would have been able to go on the line change today. <laughs> I don't know if I. I don't know if I could be qualified enough to go back Look, on the show if I got that one wrong. Ben Byram, who's the, the producer of this show, has been on Boston radio, so he would have been able. To step in in your place, and I'm sure they would have dug his accent like they did in they Boston. They love me up there. They love me. <laughs> I'm a big hit. Uh, uh, that's hey, that's John- a clash of accents I would love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, this is great, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we've reconnected, and we'll get you on some um, – uh, get, get Sean on again. Uh, but as we get into the football season, we'll get you guys on. I think that would be awesome to have you guys uh, – for entertainment purposes only, uh, here in, in the South, uh, do that sort of thing. And, uh, I think it'd be great. So, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's always, always good to come on. I, I still love IBX media. I love the Hintons. I love everybody there. It's, uh, it's, it's been a long way to get to here, but I wouldn't have been able to do it without my time at, uh, Interbanks media. So thankful for everybody there and, uh, hoping, yeah, I can continue to come on and help you guys out. Yeah, it'd be great to have you. Uh, good luck with the show, and uh, have a good one tonight. And uh, say hi to Sean Braceforce, too, please. Will do. All right, there he goes, John Jansen. Uh, back to wrap things up on this uh, Tuesday. Next. Wake up with Clay Travis. Get home with the P-Man on Pitt County's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Back to the show. It's all coming back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. You know, I was just uh, thinking about, and I'm sure I'm going to leave people off this list here, but, you know, Sean Brace came through the halls here, uh, worked his way up to Philadelphia, and he's done, I mean, he's done TV up there. He's done a fantastic job. Mark Paschal kind of started the sports show locally on this uh, station, and Paschal was, uh, is now one of the big hosts on 107.9, our sister station. They've won awards. You got Jansen up there. Uh, Josh Graham in the triad. I mean, this has uh, had some some pretty talented folks come through here and get their starts. Now it's time for Ben in Boston. <laughs> ben in Boston. It's good to have goals, Ben. Good to have goals, as you know. I got fans up there. You, yeah, you were well received. Uh, thanks to Antoine Staley and thanks to John Jansen. Check him out tonight uh, online, Fox Sports Philadelphia, The Gambler. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Mull previews uh, with the, the gambling lines and all that, but also previews the PGA. Uh, we might catch up with uh, LeBlanc on uh, the Canes, depending on what they do tonight at 8 against the Rangers. For Ben Byram, I'm Patrick Johnson. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. There you go. Uh, ben Byram, I'm Patrick Johnson. The two of us will be back on uh, Wednesday, uh, and we'll be here with uh, the midweek edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We're going to have some comments uh, from Mike Houston following the Pirates' practice Wednesday. They were in pads Tuesday, so we'll uh, talk about the first time they uh, padded up. And uh, we'll also uh, get a preview of the PGA Championship with Brian Mull from the Caddy Network. He'll give us the odds. It'll be a lot of fun, plus all the day's news from the world of sports. When you join us for the Patrick Johnson Show, me, Patrick Johnson, and Ben Byram, right here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Woo!